Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. We're in a series, which one of those never-ending series that you never really know when it's going to finish, uh, all about prophecy. Because the thing is, with, with as you start to dig into something with God, he keeps showing you more. And that's especially true with regard to prophecy. We're never going to get to the end of this. We're never going to be, you know, at some point we have to go, okay, we, I think we've done for now with this and God's telling us we've done enough of that and now we'll move on to something else but we've been looking at prophecy since the beginning of the year and we've had various people come in and speak and we've looked at we started with this amazing teaching by Mark Isles who's a guy who came to Ivy years ago and delivered a prophetic word for Ivy and he's written this this um, great course to help us hear God and weigh it and we looked at how we can do that well and how we can do it better and we've had various people coming in we've looked at issues around spiritual warfare and about how we're actually you know we're under attack and how the enemy wants to distort that we've looked at prophecy we've seen that there's false prophets that just because somebody says it's God doesn't mean necessarily it is God and we've got a responsibility privilege to be able to weigh that for ourselves and uh, and just because um, even if they quote a bit of Bible to you doesn't necessarily mean it you know the devil did that for Jesus so um, we've looked at the some of the so many positives some of the cautions around it and um, and so I, I'd the, the, the problem with this is I keep on thinking and praying and looking at stuff about prophecy and then God keeps talking to you while you're doing it and saying I don't want you to do that I'd rather you did this and then I have to struggle because I've actually done this and I've already written the talk now and I've done the powerpoint and it's, it's all right, you know? I'm like, I'm happy with it, so can we go with that? And then God's like, well, we can, but I'd rather you go with what I'm saying than what you're saying. I'd rather people hear you than me. And in various ways, that's going to happen in a, in a double way tonight, I think. So the first thing is that I'm going to try my best, because I do think it's good teaching, to whip through the PowerPoint. I'm just going to do it, because otherwise I won't be able to go to bed. I'm going to whip through it and just tell you what I want to say. Then I'm going to tell you... Then we're going to go into the other thing. Okay? So we do that. So let's put the PowerPoint on. Thank you. Oh, it's not there. Oh, my fault. My fault. Is it not there? You, you, you can't just delete it now because I said that. You think you've got it. Okay. All right then. I'm going to do it anyway, whether, whether there's a PowerPoint or not. Okay. Yes, yes, and I'm going to skim it, honestly, because the first thing, because I could do this as a whole session another time, but then it'll throw out everything. I wanted to talk about this, and the, the, the stuff that Mark House talks about is prophecy being in the body, it's part of the body of Christ, and that, that it's unusual, it should be usual for prophecy, for people to be hearing from God for one another in church. That should be something like the norm. We're not made it the norm in the church, but it actually should be that we, we recognise that, you know, he says that when you come together, it should be that everybody's got a word. All kinds of people are hearing from God and we can all be sharing that together. And what we end up doing with prophecy sometimes is we have this class of people and we call them like they're the prophets and we can even, if we're not careful, make, make it that you have to have external people who come in and like they're the prophets who do it. But in, effectively, that can be get a bit artificial. 
Because if it's meant to be part of the body, all the body's supposed to be moving. It's a bit like we made evangelists, this group of people, and the only people who can do it, you want to do something, you want to tell people about Jesus, so let's get an evangelist in. You have somebody who comes in once every six months and does an evangelistic thing, and everybody waits and brings them along to do that. And, and we can do that with regard to prophecy too, but it's meant to be something that's in the body that it's happening. The, the, prop, the prophetic works biblically when it works bodily as part of the body. Next slide, please. I'm going to whip through these like you're never going to believe it. Because he says, Paul, in writing out prophecy, looks at it so linked to love. The, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. So there's something about prophecy that's meant to strengthen, encourage, and comfort people. If he doesn't do that, watch out. Because the one who prophesies meant to edify, and that means build up the church. So just because you've got a word from God doesn't mean necessarily you have to give it. Because you might think, well, that's going to build me up to give it, to share it with somebody. That's not the point. The point is, is you're going to build them up. You know, but I really feel God's telling me to do something. All right, well, maybe, maybe he is, maybe he isn't. Is it going to build up the church or is it just about you? Because so often with these gifts, if we're not careful, they can become self-focused and self-centered and about me developing my spiritual gift. But when we do that, we're not following the way of love at all. So all these gifts are meant to be given. We're all working together so that the body is built up. Next slide, please. Ephesians chapter four. These different kinds of gifts, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers are meant not to be an end in themselves, but verse 12 says, to equip his people, that's God's body, God's people, for works of service. So they're not supposed to be just that, oh, I, I get to exercise my gift. I'm meant to equip you through what I'm doing so that you can serve. So the whole body of Christ may be built up so we get unity together. Again, it's meant to be building up. It's meant to be bringing unity. It's meant to make us know Jesus more and mature in him and to get the fullness of Jesus. And, and as a result of that, we're not going to be tossed and thrown about by all kinds of different doctrine that people have got. Because everybody's getting to hear God for themselves and to test that for themselves. And if we don't do that, then um, it, it's not biblical prophecy. Next slide, please. He talks about this being so important that we recognise that nobody can say, I don't belong in the body. You can't say I don't belong in the body because I'm not like other people, because if the ear should say because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it wouldn't for that reason stop being part of the body. So you might not be the same as anybody else, but neither is anybody else. Everybody's different, everybody's unique. So don't let that be a reason to put yourself down or, or, to, or to cut yourself off. You, you, you're different and that can make you special. I think Jason's poem started out with that, really, to help us to think about that. Next one, please. You can't say I don't believe, I don't belong because you don't need others. That's like an amputation. You can, be, you can amputate yourself from the body. The eye, but the, the Bible clearly says the eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. We, we're meant to be part of something together. We're meant to be part and belong to one another in the body. Next one, please. You can't say I don't belong because you're not a part of the body. Because you are. You are, whether you like it or not. I don't know what part you are. But you're part. You're part of the body. We're all part of the body together. Now you are the body of Christ. And each one of you is, say is, is a part of it. 
like it or not. Next one, please. It says, and I'm not putting this in because I want you all to do it. This was what Mark Isles put in here. And it's what God put in the Bible. Trust in your leaders. Put yourselves under their authority. Do this because they keep watch over you. They know they're accountable to God for everything they do. Do this so that their work will be a joy. If you make their work a heavy load, it won't do... What? It won't do you any good. It's like it's counterproductive to you for you not to come under authority of leaders. And so there's authority with regard to prophecy. There's, there's weighing it. I'm, I know great, Jason didn't just get up and go, hello everybody, I've written a poem and I'm going to come and do it. He actually submitted very gracefully, came to me first of all, because I happened to be there. Then, and I said, well actually, that seems good to me, but Aoife's in charge of the service this evening and she's doing that. Could you ask her about it? And, and et cetera, et cetera. And I think that if, if, it is, if, if she'd have said, well actually we've got this on and that on, I'm not sure it fits. There's, there's grace there, but with, 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 there's, a, there's an honouring that's going on that allows the body to be able to work together. And that's how prophecy should work. And it, and it works best when we know each other better. And this is one of the reasons why, I think it was brilliant last week that we had a group here from Bethel who came on the Sunday evening and a visiting group. They were amazing. They were really lovely people. But I wouldn't want that to happen all the time because we don't need the travelling group who come through all the time and bring the prophetic words. Because it's, it's supposed to be the kick for us. To, for, for us to do it. Not to go and say, oh great, we had those people and then they came in and do it. They wouldn't want that either. They would want to be something that is spurring us on and inspiring us. This isn't just for us, this is for you. Next one, please. He says in the book, so when God gives you something, your responsibility is to give it. To think about how you're giving it in the right way at the right time, but then to just give it. You don't have to make it work. You don't have to make it happen. You don't have to say to anybody, God says this and so you must do this and do this. Sometimes you might have the revelation, but you won't have the interpretation or the application. You just got to deliver it. And then it's up to you. It's up to them what they do with it. You know, you're just the delivery mechanism. We're not the Holy Spirit. And one of the things that he says in here, which is really good, he says, um, Jesus says, do to others, you should have them do to you, laying down a clear biblical principle that applies for prophecy. The overriding principle causes us to imagine we're on the receiving end of the prophecy that we're about to deliver. Think, how would I like to hear that myself? And then think, actually, if I wouldn't want to hear it, do I really want to give it? And that's why I think sometimes we've got to have a caution around the gift of prophecy because, and, and, and even, even, in, even in, in a sense when you've got somebody who comes in, and sometimes from the outside it's great, I can go to a different church and I can go in there and I don't know anybody and it gives me a freedom to be able to say this to this person and that to that person and, this to, that, and then I'm gone. But it's harder in a, in a church sometimes because we have a responsibility to love one another and to be able to weigh that and to be able to think, well, actually, is this the right time? Is this the right place? Sometimes it can hold us back. And actually, sometimes it's right that it holds us back. Sometimes we've got to filter it and think, is now the time? Is this the best place? Is this the best way to be able to do that? And he says this. He says, um, there's, a various, there's a number of things. Next one, please. 
Uh, yeah, he says, let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. Not my need to give it, your need. Is this building you up according to your needs? Oh yeah, but I need to, to give this word. I, I really feel it. You know, I've got a burden from the Lord. All right, great. It's not about your needs. It's their needs. Will it benefit those who listen? If not, look out. You're grieving the Holy Spirit, he says. Next one, please. It's according to their needs. Thank you, just to underline that. It's going to benefit those who listen. <laughs> Thank you very much. One thing that he says in the book, he says it's really something that we should be very careful not to do, to talk to people about God says, one day you're going to get married, one day you're going to have a baby, or one day soon you might die. <laughs> those are the kind of things that actually sometimes prophets feel it's all right to be able to say, believe it or not, and I really don't think it is. I think it's something that, that we've got to be very, very careful of. And the reason for that, he says this, I'm going to quote him on it, because he says, I'm fundamentally of the opinion that nobody should ever prophesy when somebody's going to have a baby, somebody's going to get married, or somebody's going to die. Even if you have a recognised successful track record in any of those areas, and most people who prophesy on these occasions disturbingly do not, I'm convinced that the pastoral damage of the one you get wrong including the potential loss of faith through painful disappointment, far outweighs any benefit from the time when you were accurate. I just think, I wanted to bring that because it did tie in a little bit. When I was here on Friday evening, I came in and there was a meeting going on and it was great. And this is how it worked. I walked in because I was doing some work. I'm at Spring Harvest next week. And I came in and as I came in, because somebody had blocked me in, unfortunately, in the car park, I had to go and get Zoe for work. And I came in and I was like, let's put the, the number up on the screen. And he put the number up on the screen. There were some people up here were giving, from the Bethel team who were giving out uh, words. And it was all good. And then they stood up somebody there, who I know who is in the church, who I love to bits, and started to say some stuff to them. And I don't know whether that was a blessing to them, but at the time I was a bit like, oh, ooh, ooh, ah, about it. And then... Afterwards, I was thinking, oh, I don't know if they should have said that. And, you know, and it just sort of seemed a little bit stuff that I, didn't, I wasn't happy with. And the fact is, in this church, you see, my job is to be a shepherd. My job is to, is to look over the sheep. I'm accountable for that. That's what Hebrew says. I'm very aware of that. One day, I'm going to be held to an account, not just by people. I've got a boss. And, I, and, he, and he, he's a, he wants to know how well I look after the sheep and what I'm doing about that is you know, I'm accountable to that I, it weighs very heavily with me that responsibility and that privilege to be able to do that so, so when I was reading this later on I was thinking actually I probably need to address that and to be able to say something about it but then the danger of it is the next day the thing is I then start to if I'm not careful I could stew about that and think oh, Bethel prophecy and it, and it gets, it goes a bit weird. And he gets, a, you know, because I'm thinking about that person and all that kind of stuff. And you can end up throwing the baby out with the bathwater if you're not careful and you start to think, oh. And, and then the next morning, as it turns out, I go to something else and somebody else who was at it, I hear from them about how they'd had an incredibly helpful, really spot on, amazing word that had really helped them. And effectively, it's like, actually, okay, you've got to take something of the, the rough with the smooth on that and actually recognise I'd rather have God speak. And us be able to weigh that and talk about it well than, than just close down anything that's going to hold him. So this then, I was praying about that. And I, and I mean, that was the talk. That was it. I, I, believe it or not, I could have dragged out a long talk tonight. I really, I, you know, I could have made, you know. But instead of that, I was praying. I said, Lord, what is it? What's most important about this? And what he said next is the next bit. Next one, please. 
in the next bit, he talks about you've got, you've got an inner well inside of you for prophecy. And he says, there comes a point at which you're not just judging by externals, you're judging by internals. And the prophetic gift is rising up from the inside of you. And it's like you have a job, you have a responsibility to care for that inner well. That's where the Holy Spirit's truth, that's where prophetic stuff's always going to come from, from the inside of you and to bubble up from the inside of you. And I remember years ago hearing John Ortberg speak at something, I was in America, and he said, you know, we're not responsible for getting that water flowing, but what our job is, it's like if it's a river, and if it's got rocks in it, and if it's got stones in it, and if it's got weeds in it, anything that's going to block that, we're responsible to go and pull those things out because then then the water will flow and, and I was praying about that and I felt the Lord say, it, it, was, it, was, it was to look at John Bevere, this guy who I've, I've read a book recently by him called Breaking Intimidation, which was awesome. It was a word in season. I just needed it at the time. And I did a little bit and looked around and I got this book that I've had on my shelf actually for years called The Bait of Satan. And I got it and started to read that book and it's like, Bait of Satan? Ugh, sounds a bit scary, that one. And uh, I've got a mouse trap here just to show you a mouse trap and put it there because it might be a visual reminder. But then I started to watch this video. I found the video online of the teaching and I was like five, ten minutes in, I was thinking, this is really good. I want to watch this. I want to get this. So what I'm going to do now in a moment is Elle's going to press play and we're going to watch him. And I, I want to watch it like you're watching it because I want to watch this for me. So you could think with all this kind of stuff that it's about offence and it's about how we can get offended and how we could end, and about how dangerous that can be to us. And you could, I, I could watch this for you. I could be watching this and thinking, oh, I'm, I wish, or I could, be wish, I could watch this for somebody else and think, I wish they were here for this bit. Ever done that? Yeah? Oh, you, mm, mm. yeah? I think God wants me to watch it for me. He wants me to watch it for me. Yeah? And who does he want you to watch it for? Yeah. So, let's do that. And take notes and enjoy it. He's a brilliant preacher and uh, I'm really looking forward to watching this. It's about half an hour. Okay? Wow. The band could come up. I was just slipped across that. Uh, love it if we could sing the song that we sang before. Um, I don't know the other word. Open space. Um, I think it, 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 when we sang that before, it just seemed to fit really well. Would that be all right, Roscoe? We could do that one again. Thanks, guys. Should we stand and worship and pray some of that in? And uh, every one of us, I'm sure, could tell a story or think of some way in which that could apply to us. And then what we do with, with it is, uh, is going to be between, I was going to say it's between us and God, but actually it's not. It's between us and somebody, potentially, and God. And that's why we have to do business horizontally as well as vertically. for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org/media.